Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you once again that we can be together tonight and we can hear from heaven. Thank you for the, the word of God. Thank you for the anointing of your spirit. And Lord, we trust you to have your will accomplished in us tonight. Have your way in us. Lord, do what you want to do and say what you want to say. And may we each and every one receive what you're saying and doing tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we were, we're in a series called The Church that we've been teaching on these uh, Wednesday night uh, services. And so let's go again and read from Matthew 16, beginning in verse 13. 16, 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. How I many you know just like today people back then talked? <laughs> and how many know just because people say something doesn't make it right? How many know all these people here were wrong? <laughs> and it was the buzz going around. He's one of the prophets. No, it's Elijah. No, I think it's Jeremiah. He's come back. And everyone was talking and there were a lot of rumors going around. But they were all wrong. <laughs> Don't be quick to believe everything you hear. Can you say validate? <laughs> Amen. We need to, uh, how many know the Bible tells us to prove all things or test and prove all things and then hold fast to that which is good, implying that not everything's good. Not every bit of information out there is good. Not everything said and done is of God. Some of it's just the flesh. Some of it just comes from the mind. Some of it's the devil. Some, a lot of different sources of uh, information um, of happenings and events that take place and we need to be the smartest people on the planet because we've got the word we've got his spirit we've got we've got the the advantage of uh, the one who knows everything and so uh, that doesn't mean we're overly skeptical and untrusting of people and just kind of have that as our our leaning no we lean towards believe in the best of every person we lean towards being trusting people but never gullible people my concern is that there's too many christians that are gullible hmm. and so uh we, we don't want that because again just like in this case most ideas out there about god are wrong most ideas in the world about jesus are wrong so how can i be right judge prove all things and in this case uh, they were saying a lot of stuff but he said to them who do you say that i am simon peter answered and said you are the christ the son of the living god and jesus said you're right you got it right they're all wrong but peter you're right that's my own words he said blessed are you simon bar jonah now that just means son of jonah all right for we don't use that word bar too much ever use that <laughs> For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And so we're talking about this very subject that Jesus was bringing up here, that he would build his church. And so if he is building his church, and hell is not being successful at all in stopping it, then that's what we ought to be doing with our lives, all right? Say, but I got family, I've got work, I've got, well, of course you do, but we need to let, uh, let it be known that the ultimate purpose of our lives is doing the Lord's work. Hmm? That needs to be the case. It needs to be more important than everything else. And there's something about God that he works from the top down. And if we will put his business, his kingdom, you could say in this context, the church that Jesus is building, if we will put that first, he will provide the resources, the strength, the wisdom, all what's necessary to make what second come into place and what's third come into place all the other things that we have to do in life god wants you to spend quality and and quantity time with your family 
if, you're, if you have a family. He wants you to be very, very successful in career and work and, and be able to prosper in that realm. And, and, and he wants you to have fun hitting the little white ball or skiing down the slope or, 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 or just, uh, you know, having some kind of recreation and hobbies and things like that in your life. He, he wants us to enjoy all of life. But it doesn't happen by making the little white golf ball number one. Huh? I mean, you might be a better golfer, but you won't add to your life anything. All right. You might be better skier if you ski every weekend, but you won't actually become more fulfilled and more happy in life. These things start with putting his priorities as our priorities. And that, of course, is number one. Jesus said, I'm building the church. So I would ask myself and I would ask you, what are you doing? Okay, if I want family and job and career, if I want, uh, you know, hobbies and recreate everything else to be at its peak and at its max, I've got to start from the top. Amen. I remember I used this illustration sometime not too long ago because I was talking to another person in another state. They were telling me about their chiropractor and they had been going to this chiropractor and getting everything snapped and adjusted and and uh and then they went to this they they went to this new chiropractor and uh, they said this is this person has a different philosophy of adjusting adjusting. (laughs) (laughs) chiropractoring (laughs) and they said they had a special name uh, but they would focus only on the very top of the neck and how the kind of how the head sits on the upper cervical, you know, part of your spine there. And they didn't adjust the lower back and the middle back and the upper back and and, and the hip bone and <laughs> the neck bone. They only they were telling me they only did the top because they're and this person was telling me because you know they were real happy about it because they thought everything was better for them. And it was working real good. But their philosophy was that if they get the head on straight, and, and, and literally, literally, you get the head on straight and get that part, then everything else kind of comes in line. And it aligns and adjusts itself. Okay, I'm not an expert on bones or the, the spinal column, uh, but I do know that principle is right. And if we get everything right on top, everything else comes into place. Okay, some of it, of course, is just because the information is needed. So we know, here's how I can do my job different. Here's how I can do family different. Here's how I can do other things different. And it's, it, that information has a clear flow because the head's on straight. And uh, we talked about last week, remember how we are supposed to hold fast to the head. Holding fast to the head, which is what? Which is who, I should say. It's Jesus. And that's, what, that's how the church walks in unity. It's one of the ways we stay on our mission and stay focused is we always hold fast to the head and let Jesus be the center of what we do. And so talking tonight, I want to go into a little bit about why we gather. Remember, we defined the church early on in this series and said the church is made up of the called out ones or literally it's a, it's a gathering Okay, that Jesus said, I'm going to build my assembly and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so there's a real picture of believers coming together and that's what the church is. And so why do we gather? What's the purpose of our coming together and being the church? And and, and I like to answer questions like this um, besides because he said so. (laughs) You ever heard someone always answer every question that way? Well, because God said so. And I realize from our commitment standpoint, that's good enough. If ever the Lord says, just do it. We don't need to understand before we obey, right? And let me say it this way. We shouldn't require him to explain everything before we do it because some things he doesn't explain, <laughs> yeah, at least in the detail that we want. It's, Lord, I'll do it. Yes, sir. Now, by the way, Would you explain that to me? I'd like to understand. That'd be a proper response to the Lord. But why do we gather? Uh, Of course the Lord says so. We've gone over some of those scriptures. And if you don't know why, do it anyway. (laughs) 
as you're going, as you're doing, seek understanding and seek uh, uh, knowledge of the purpose. But I'm going to give you four things, four things tonight. And uh, uh, four reasons why we gather. Number one is to reach up. Number one, reach up. Is to reach up. And uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about worship. We're talking about our relating to God, our loving on Him and worshiping Him. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10. This is in the context of, of course, Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. So it says in verse 10, then Jesus said to him, him the devil, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Him only shall you serve. What are we to do? We are to worship God and him only shall we serve. It's interesting that worship even comes before serving. Remember, I remember another place, I forget the address right now, when Jesus called his disciples to him. It says he called them to be with him and then to go and then to do what he called them to do. But his first call on the, when he, when he brought the 12 around him, say, why? He wanted them to be with him. I really believe that's the case also with us in our walk with God. Before he's interested in having you do anything for him and to advance the kingdom he just wants to be with you that's the kind of god he is he loves us so much he wants to have relationship with us and that's first and it's important again we were talking priority and order before let that be first in your mind and in your life with god because if we do other things for him without just being with him we run out of gas We run out of strength. We run out of that critical element to our serving Him, which is just being with Him. All right? You know, it's been said that we are human beings, not human doings. Right? And that's what we need to focus on first. Who am I? Well, I'm saved. I'm born of God. I'm His child. I'm I relate to him and I'm in his family. And so, again, why do we gather? This is one, th- one reason why we do this regularly and practically every service is we reach up with our hearts, with our hands, with our mouths, with our words, with our song, and we worship him. I want you to know that, that God has graced us to do that. His divine ability and spirit in us moves us that way. See, it's real interesting. Whenever God ordains that we do any particular thing, He puts within us the, the oomph to do that. Oomph is not really a technical word. But He puts within us the desire. He puts within us the know-how, the ability it's kind of who, it's really who we become. One of the things that we have become when we receive the Lord is worshipers of Him. In fact, that seems, I don't want to go too deep into this, but that seems to be a part of creation. A part of who God created us to be just as human beings. Because you find out that those who don't worship God worship other things. Occasionally you get a Christian who tries to do both. <laughs> But we were made to have a relationship with God, and uh, and worship is, well, what it is, worship is like the most intimate, intimate aspect of our relationship with God. Some don't do it because they're not real close. Now, I don't say close positionally in Christ, I mean in practic- practical terms, in their mind, in their soulish realm, they're not really in love with the lord they're not that close where they long you know for his presence and it's ah i love god man i just love to be with him when people don't worship it it shows us that something's missing there doesn't mean they're not saved god doesn't love them there's there's an element of that connection that's not there i found in my life when i really got serious with god and this was um in my, uh, you know, l- latter teens, and I was saved before and had my moments, 
you know, where I got excited, but, you know, <laughs> it didn't live there on a continual basis. But I, I noticed that when I was really um, selling out completely, and at the same time when I did that, I recognized, ooh, God wants to do something with me. But I found that the thing that came into my life that was lacking before was worship. And I didn't hear a voice. I didn't even hear a sermon that I remember telling me to do it. It's just when I got close to him, there was something in me that wanted to go like this. Serious. And, I, and, and for the first time in my life, I would get alone outside of church, all by myself. And, and I, I know I had times before where I'd read the Bible and things like that. But I just got alone and I would get down on my knees in my own house and say, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I worship you. And I would do that. And again, it, I'm looking back now. I wasn't told to do that. But all of a sudden I looked forward to getting with the saints, with the people of God. And I did that before. All through the, my life growing up, I was in church. Okay? And, and I, it was a habit. And so I never ceased that habit, even when I at times was, you know, not altogether living like I should have lived, I would still go to church. We understand that, though, don't we? That not everybody who comes to church is living right. But we love them anyway. We love you if you're not living right. But I tell you, if you'll take, take a step that in this direction, you'll find God will wrap his arms around you. But I would find myself uh, getting excited about getting with the believers and getting my hands in the air. <laughs> And again, I wasn't, it wasn't a, re, a response to someone preaching it at me and saying, come on, lift your hands. It, it was just, it came out of the inside. And other people would start singing. I'd think, oh yeah, <clears throat> I worship you, Lord. And it just felt so good and so right. Why? It's, it was, God was in, in me, and that's when I tapped into who I was, that's what I did. And again, people in the world, they'll worship sometimes uh, celebrities, they'll worship hobbies, they'll, they'll worship all kinds of different things, and what's up with that? I don't mean they necessarily lift their hands to them and, and, and fall on their knees, but they give their lives to that. And why is that? Well, that's a part of who we are as human beings, and, and if we worship God, everything straightens out. All the way down to the lower back. It all gets aligned. Uh, in John chapter 4, you're f probably familiar with this scripture. John chapter 4 and verse 23. Everybody got it? Not yet? John 4, 23. Jesus said here, but the hour is coming. And now is when the, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. In spirit and truth. So it's interesting when we see this language. Uh, we talk oftentimes about seeking God. And we might, we might ask, are you seeking God? Well, this is pretty exciting to me that if I will be a worshiper God's looking for me he's coming after me because he wants this kind of relationship with his people and can I just I'll just throw this out this came up in my heart several years ago when I was teaching on worship <laughs> but uh you think about a Christian without worship Christian doesn't worship God that's kind of like being married without sex How many know that if, uh, if, if some people are married and they don't, th there's no kids in here, so relax. <laughs> if people are married and they don't ever have sex, something's wrong. There's a lack of intimacy in that relationship. Doesn't mean they're not married. It just means something in that marriage is not what it's supposed to be in God's plan for them to be close in many ways. Likewise, when people are saved, but they don't worship, something's missing. What is it? I'm telling you, it's an intimacy with God. There's a place they can go 
there's something that they can still experience with him and and it's it's meant for us it's what god designed for us okay there are some who gather now we're talking about why we get together there are some who gather but don't actually worship and uh, if a person won't worship when we gather together how many know it's highly unlikely that they worship when they're alone it's highly unlikely they're just having a time at home in their own prayer closet because <laughs> usually when someone's having that kind of relationship with God at home where they're just spending time and and uh, when they get to it, it makes it all the more exciting when they can gather with the believers with the family of God and we all lift our voice to worship him because there's something special about getting together and worshiping God we could call it a corporate anointing there's a lot of things that God will say and do when we get together to worship him I really believe he's pleased I'm excited about the day when we'll all be in heaven and we'll see people as far as we can see them and our our eyesight probably pretty good you can probably see people 20 miles away <laughs> uh, i'm guessing a little bit there but you know uh probably right <laughs> and uh but you, can, can you imagine and everyone lifting their voice amen maybe some of you have been in a meeting uh, a church service in a stadium you know where there's 40 50,000 people and everybody sings i mean there's just a dynamic there and some of it's just adrenaline but i believe i, I believe god's spirit is uh it moves in the midst of crowds in other words the church believers from all over who have come together to worship that's something special it's something that god wants us to do and he wants us to do that together Let's not neglect and think, I do my worshiping alone. Good, but we're the church. We are an assembly, and we gather to worship Him. Listen, if you can't take a stand when surrounded by others of like precious faith, how are you going to stand up in the face of opposition? And we should be able to get after it in here. Because we're not judging, are we? No, we just, you know... And if you see, if you come to church and we're all worshiping God and you see someone that doesn't look like they're participating, leave them alone. How many know you don't always know? You don't always know what's happening on the inside of a person. Because sometimes it's demonstrative and sometimes it's not. Amen. But the main thing is, we look at our own selves and say, am I serving my purpose in the church? Am I worshiping God? Am I, am I helping to create that atmosphere of unity? Isn't that what we want again? We want to be unified. What does that mean? Sometimes it means we all do the same thing at the same time. If it's time to worship, giddy up. Don't be, a, don't be an anchor on this ship. Huh? We're going somewhere. It's time to, time to pull it aboard and, and, and you know, get your paddle out and start doing something. And some of that's just this. Oh, I'm just close to you, Lord. I just love you. I just serve you with all my heart. I worship you. You're so good to me. Amen. All right, number one, we reach up. Number two, number two, we reach in. Number two, reach in. What am I talking about here? Our purpose uh, for gathering is for personal growth and for equipping. Personal growth and equipping, getting prepared, getting built up, getting the necessary tools that we need to live this life and do what God wants us to do. So we reach up. Number two, we reach in. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Salvation is not the end. It's the beginning. I mean, it's the end of the old guy, thank God. It's the end of death. It's the end of separation from God. But it is the beginning of a new life in Christ. And if we get saved but don't grow, we will miss some of our purpose for this life. Growth is required. Just like we said about reaching up, is it, is it, uh, and it is true that some gather but don't reach up. It is also true that some gather, some assemble, but they don't reach in. Okay? In other words, they're not developing spiritually. We have to realize that it's possible to be in church for many years and not grow. It's possible to quote scripture, have things memorized, and not grow. Okay, I don't know about you, but I've met people who have 
who were like biblical encyclopedias and they could rattle off all kinds of things but you could tell after a short time being with them that there was some real depth to their spirituality lacking and yet again they knew a lot all right but those things are not automatic but growth is required if we're going to be the church fully empowered fully equipped and able to do what we're supposed to do and able to be what we're supposed to be in the earth Ephesians 4 in verse 11 Ephesians 4 11 and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ why are we getting together again we're reaching in we're doing something with our own lives here okay he says in verse 3 till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be what children tossed to and fro not talking about physical children right right you, you all you have to do is feed a kid and <laughs> they'll grow up all right but talking in a in a different way here no longer be children how are children well they're tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness uh, of deceitful plotting but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ and so the will of God the plan of God for all of us is that we grow up we must grow up now that immediately tells me that I don't start off up I don't start off full-grown and the picture of course is a of a natural child is born a baby and must grow there are some elements to our life where we start off small and we get bigger i don't mean by that that you start off with a baby spirit and and then you know you grow into a full-grown spirit but there is a development and renewing of the mind that we must all experience if we are to achieve what god wants us to be in in the earth and so we must again grow up in all things in him how does this happen he started off by saying apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers they equip that equipment allows us to grow up okay allows us to doesn't guarantee it how many know you can put a hammer in someone's hand doesn't you're not going to make them swing it and if they don't learn how to swing it they could cause some damage and you put a bible in some people's hand some will never read it some will never put it into practice some become dangerous <laughs> You can use it. I mean, the Bible's called a sword. The Word of God is called a sword. Some people use it to harm others. That's, that, that's sad. But we come to get the spiritual equipment. A lot of that's the Word. It's His grace. It's His anointing and gifts. We get these things, but we must learn to properly wield that sword. Okay? And we, how, how do we learn? Again, much of this comes through apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Amen. And say, so how does that work? Well, typically that flows through the local church. How God brings these different ministries in. And what is it for? It is to perfect the saints. It is for the work of the ministry. To get the, to get the saints ready to do the work of the ministry. And so make sure, again, this is kind of a, uh, I hope you understand what I'm doing here. This is a mini teaching on each of these four points. <laughs> uh, if you're wanting me to go deep into this, I feel like, that's, I don't know if I'm correctly feeling this, but it's like, okay, go there. Where are you going with this? Just telling you. <laughs> Just letting you know the basics of what we're supposed to come together for. All right. Make sure that when you gather with believers, you come to get something. Make sure that you come to get something. And I think too often people can can get to a place where they... They're in a habit of doing church. And they come, they stay for their time, and they don't have a bad attitude about it, nothing wrong, but they lose their expectation for God to give them something. All right? And we're here to do more than that. Like we said, reach up, but we're also looking inward and saying, when I come to church, 
I'm going to get something from God. I'm going to hear a word. I'm going to get refreshed. I'm going to get strengthened. I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to get direction for my life. I'm going to... If you have a need, you know, sometimes I'm going to get up there, I'm going to get healed in my body or something like that. But we're coming to get something. That's not selfish. That's godly. It's his plan that you get something. If I was going to a church and never got anything, I would seriously question, am I just totally out of line with my thinking and my expectation or is this place dead? I mean, one of the two, one of the two, if you come regularly and you... Uh, prepare on the way you know you're on the way to church you're I'm not saying religiously but it's it's not uncommon but you're saying I'm going to church Lord I'm going to get something from you tonight I'm expecting you to give the pastor or whoever's speaking utterance give them give them unction to preach and teach and and minister and and bring life to people and I'm going to be one of the ones who gets something from you okay if that's a normal part of your life and you're still not getting anything (laughs) Uh, something's wrong (laughs) and not with you but I'm saying usually that's not the case Uh, I think in you know there's a whole lot of churches around our world and you know God's spirit is on it he has ordained he has anointed people to lead but too often people get in a rut and uh, we understand it we do this like a couple times a week for our life I mean I don't throw rocks at anyone who's gotten in a rut I'm just trying to say I just want to shake you up a little bit because that's kind of the natural to our flesh. We just think, oh, this is what I do. But we let ourselves slip into a place where we're not expecting. And you get a whole bunch of people not expecting, and it lowers the level of any kind of gathering, any kind of assembly. But if we can stir ourselves up and just remind ourselves, hey, I'm going to church not because... I'm just going to feel guilty if I don't or not for some other reason. I'm going to get something from God. I believe that God's going to speak to me today in this service. I believe that I'm going to go at one level and leave at a higher level. I'm going to go with one focus. I'm going to leave and, and I'm refocused, you know, like a camera, just, just not quite right. And you just turn it just a little bit and there it is. And we come and get refocused and we see things more clearly. But again, we've got to do that. God is willing and able to provide and direct and correct and instruct and equip us in everything we need. A lot of it is us coming ready to get something, ready to receive. And I'm telling you, uh, even in examples where someone, uh, you know, where someone is a little bit dry, someone who expects, they'll get something anyway. They'll, get, they'll find that God will, God will use a donkey if he has to. Huh? He's able to get something to the person who is seeking him and is desirous for him to move in their life. Amen. And so we've got to reach in. We've got to grow. Remember the Bible tells us in Matthew 28 that uh, we're to go and make disciples of all nations. Not just converts. It's not the end thing that, I'm saved, I'm in the kingdom now, Woohoo! I'm ready to go. I know, but are you developed? Are you growing? Are you thoroughly furnished and equipped for every good work? Okay, Do you get something regularly? And if we got something last year, doesn't mean we're really full today. We've got to continually get some more from the Lord, and then we'll always be ready in every situation so He can call on us. He can say, I can count on that one because... He's ready every single day of his life. Anytime I need something done, I know that person, they're ready for me to use them. How do you live ready? You've got to continually go back to the well. Get some more water. You've got to continually go to the place where stuff's being poured out. And you've got to receive. Then you can live a ready life. And God knows you're one of those people he can call on. Doesn't mean every single day he'll have a big assignment, but you're ready. In case he does, you've been faithful. Number three, number three, we want to reach over. Reach up, reach in. We want to reach over. Here's what I'm talking about here. We're talking about loving and serving each other. Reach over (laughs) and touch somebody else. (laughs) 
All right? And what, what I'm talking about here, not the world, I'm talking about each other. Uh, the Bible tells us in, in John chapter 13 and verse 34. Anybody know that one? Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Not the world. Love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. Why do we assemble together? For each other. Part of the reason I come is for you. Part of the reason you come is for me. Is for somebody else. This is an element of the church that we can't forget about. Because some become so narrow-minded who think, why do we go to church? To worship God. Okay, well, you're right, but you're just not fully right. Why do we come to church? Well, to get fed, to get built up, get equipped. Well, you're right, but you're just not fully right. That's just not everything. Here's another thing. Here's another reason why we come, why we gather, why we are the church. It is for the other people in the church. And this is where it can quickly reveal self-centeredness. When people have the mindset, I'm good. I've got what I need. I don't have any blaring needs. It's what's the big deal if I'm not gathering, assembling with believers? It's not all about you. You may have some elements and some aspects of this totally down. Great. But this is part of it. Part of it, we show up just because of somebody else. And listen, sometimes that's real direct and you can really clearly identify how you are reaching over to somebody else. It's not always so dramatic though. Sometimes your presence in the, in the building is helping the atmosphere and for someone else to receive. The fact that you go and you know about reaching up. That oftentimes is helping another person because of your example, because of the Spirit of God in your life. And then, of course, we can talk about our gifts and how we serve and what we actually do. But that is a part of the church and should be a part of every one of our lives that we're here not just for ourselves, but for somebody else. We don't know the opportunities that we have missed to be used of God when we simply weren't present. We simply didn't gather. Oftentimes, we consider, now let me bring out this point as well. Oftentimes, we count faithfulness with the Lord simply as being measured by church attendance. And I don't think really that's a high enough bar. Faithful, and, that's, and you could use that in that context, but faithfulness with the Lord is also about serving. Serving. How do we serve the Lord? We typically serve the Lord by serving others. That's how serving comes out. And so when someone says, oh, that person is really faithful, what does that mean? I say we have this understanding, they faithfully serve each other. They serve another, they serve a brother, they serve a sister. They somehow are contributing to the church by serving somebody else. What can I do for you? Amen. Everybody look at your neighbor. Look him in the eye. Say, what can I do for you? <laughs> I want you to know that this is part of the reason we get together is so we can do something for somebody else. Sometimes it seems spiritual because it might be prayer. It might be a word of encouragement. Sometimes it's giving a cup of cold water. Remember, Jesus used some of those, those examples. It's just being of service for somebody else. It's not thinking about myself and what I need. I want to be a blessing to somebody else. I want to make someone else's day. I want to find someone who's coming into Life Church for the very first time and make sure their experience is 
outstanding. Make sure they have an encounter with God and not are tripped up by some, uh, you know, some work of the enemy somehow to keep their mind closed from the gospel. I'm going to be the nicest person I can be because I'm in the church and I'm reaching over. I'm reaching over to make someone else's life better. Amen. I want to make someone else smile. And you're always looking, Lord, all right. Here we go. I'm ready for that one another stuff. Because someone may just jump out at you. And I'm talking about in your heart. Because if you really love people, that's when you're sensitive to how the Spirit might lead you to be a blessing to them. It might be monetary. It might just be, hey, let's hang out and go, go, let's go out to lunch after the service. Or, you know, something like that. It may be nothing so spectacular. It's just, a, it's just being a friend, being a brother, being a sister at church. And a good smile is great to have you here. Isn't God good? It, you know, it can happen in many different ways. But we must have this mindset that we are together. And we are here for not just this and not just this, but this. <laughs> that works terrible on CDs. But <laughs> you had to be there. All right, let's do let's do number four. Finish with number four tonight. Number four. What's our purpose? What are we doing? Number four is reach out. Number four, reach out. And what are we talking about here? We are talking about winning the lost. We are talking about not just us within the four walls. We are the church. We gather so we can worship and get equipped. But a lot of that equipping and even ministering to each other is for the end result that we reach another person. Some of that reaching out happens here. Okay, because people, like I illustrated on the last point, people are coming in. Many people don't know the Lord and we're there uh, we're their ticket, so to speak. We're, we're the ones showing them the way. And, but we've got to have an outreach mindset. And too many churches, they stop growing, they stop expanding because they become comfortable with those around them. They're really good with one, two, and three. You listen? And they're satisfied with that. Man, we come together, we have a time. I, I mean, I've heard, I, I know people who've told me, there was one couple, they told me about this church that they were a part of for you know, a long, long, long time in another state, and and they just said, man, it was amazing. God, I mean, they told me how the worship, God would just manifest as they worshiped, and they, they, they just had so many good things to say about it, and I kind of got the assumption in, in my mind over a period of time that, because they never really told me anything else, that just God's presence was so strong, I thought, this church has got to be just moving and shaking. And getting a lot of things done and winning a lot of people to the Lord. And, and later in another conversation, they told me, oh, no, it was like 20 people. And they'd been there for like 20 years. And I thought, oh, that's different than what I would have thought. Now, I'm not saying that God wasn't showing up in their worship. That could very well be true. Okay? We can have a time together. And we can just experience God and it be glorious and wonderful. Clouds can happen and all kinds of good things can, can happen in worship. But you can still miss this mindset because people can become comfor- comfortable with that. And listen, you reach out to him, he reaches out to you. Amen. You, you reach up to him, he reaches down to you and he'll, he'll wrap his arms around you even if you're not outreach minded. He will. He's not going to neglect one, be, number one because you don't do number four. But that's, this is where we've got to have balance and be the church that God has called us to be. Yes, we do these other things. And, and we reach out. And we reach out. I know um, pastor I used to work for um, at this church that I was on staff we had this outreach at one point to um, get clothes, bring, you know, good used, used clothes, and they were going to uh, Bulgaria, 
and through this ministry that actually would resell them uh, cheap, but you know we'd give them to them for free and get them over there. And so anyway, they made tons of money to do ministry basically over there. And so we had this big container, like a uh, almost like one of those train things that you know they put them on ships, those big cars. What do you call them? cargo box yeah and uh and just just huge thing and then we'd everything would get vacuum packed and and so we'd leave it and the community would bring stuff in in as well and the pastor one day uh was um taking some flack from someone in the community who was questioning why we would go through all this effort for people on the other side of the world he thought we should pour all of our money and all of our effort strictly into the local uh city there and uh you know, thought, what, what are you doing over there? Here. And I liked his answer. He said, he said it's a three-letter word. He said, it's and. And. And the, where, where he got that was from, um, well, it was from Acts chapter 1. Didn't plan on using the illustration, but I did plan on using the scripture. From Acts chapter 1. You know, I didn't even give you other scriptures on reaching over. Galatians 5.13. You might want to write that one down. That's, an, that's another one I wrote down that goes good with that uh, number point number 3. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the, uh, to the end of the earth. Notice the use of the word and. In other words, we don't minister in one place or another place. It can be we minister here where we are or Jerusalem and Judea. <laughs> and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. It's not an either-or proposition here, okay? And so when it comes to us doing these other things, and we need to reach out, and we need to be aware of those on the outside. Again, when when should a church stop growing? When everyone's saved. (laughs) When there's no one else to bring into the kingdom, that's when a church should stop growing. Other than that, we've got to continually be reaching out. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is the responsibility and the assignment of every single church or gathering of believers on the planet. We must be getting people saved. And it's not just limited to an altar call and a service. And we'll continue to do so because people do get saved that way. The vast majority of evangelism should take place through believers. Simply getting the word out. You don't have to cram anything down anyone's throat. Tell people Jesus came. Tell people Jesus died. Tell people Jesus was raised from the dead and he's coming back again. It's real simple, but we must give that heavy weight in our lives and in our gatherings that this is what we're about. We're getting something in here. Again, some will be saved in here, but then we're going out of here. Outreach minded. We've already reached up. We've reached in, we're developing, amen. We reached out to each other, we're family, we take care of each other. And now we're ready to reach out. And we must not have this mindset that I've got to get to a certain level of maturity before God can use me. I've got to to really study more and get these things down before I could be used to reach a, a lost person with the gospel of Christ. That's just not true. And that's just, you, I've witnessed it firsthand when someone gets saved and the next day they're leading someone else to the Lord. Have no knowledge of the Bible other than just Jesus died on the cross for our sins and you can receive them and be saved. And it, it goes that far. And they're used of God. Never let there be an excuse in your mind that I just don't know enough. Man, just be simple. 
Again, that's a, this is a, that could turn into a whole other message, but it's the gospel according to Romans chapter 1 that is the power of God until, unto salvation. It's not a certain level of knowledge. It's the gospel, which is, like we said, Jesus came, Jesus died. <laughs> you know, for what? For us, he was raised from the dead. He's alive today. He's coming back again. It's pretty easy. You ready to pray? Any reason why you wouldn't want to receive him now? No? All right, let's do it. <laughs> Amen. And it's just that simple when people come into the kingdom. But I just want to stir you again that this is our responsibility. And ask yourself the question, how serious do you take this commission of, the, of Jesus to the church? And, uh, and we need to take it very serious. We don't want to be out of balance. And too often churches are where they're real strong in an area. And there's no question in my mind that personally I'm probably stronger in some of these areas than others. Our church may be stronger in some areas than others. But we need to, we need to be balanced and, and be doing what we're supposed to be doing as the church. Okay? Fulfilling our purpose. And it goes and I see these four different directions that we should be involved with. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you tonight for being with us thank you that you're in us and you've graced us to be the church to fulfill our purpose in the earth and lord to be used of you to make a difference in our world and i thank you for helping us each and every day help us to see this and have this revelation now so we can walk in the fullness of what you've called us to be. Lord, I believe you're stirring hearts and dealing with us now in this area and in this way. Lord, I thank you that even as we gather, sometimes assignments are given. Assignments are given to one and to another. You drop something into the hearts of your people, something that that you want them to do for you. You give a new vision, a fresh vision. You reveal and unveil more of your plan to us so we can fulfill it. Lord, thank you for speaking to every heart and directing us tonight. Father, I pray for those who've come to church tonight that have never been saved.